Welcome to the sermon podcast of Grace Presbyterian Church. For more information about our church, please visit our website, gracechurchlaunceston.com. When was the last time that you asked for help? When was the last time you asked for help? Uh, Maybe it was yesterday at the kids' fun morning. Um, Perhaps you were face painting for about what seemed like five hours and... (laughs) and you needed help, you needed a break from face painting. We all need help, Um, that's the way that God has designed us as human beings. We are not independent creatures, we need help from other human beings. Uh, We can't do everything on our own. Uh, We we ask for help for all sorts of things, we ask for help to to get a lift to the airport, uh, help to tie our shoelaces, or help to move house. We ask for help, don't we? but why is it, as human beings, that the one thing that we, where we can't really help ourselves, but we need help, is why don't we ask for help with our relationship with God? Why don't we do that? Why don't human beings do that? Maybe we figure we can uh, make up our own mind about God, that we're perfectly fine on our own, that it's okay for you to believe something and me for, to believe something. Maybe we think that we can figure out our relationship with God on our own and that we don't need help in it. This is why Jonah chapter 2 is so instructive and helpful, pun intended, for us, because we see a picture of a man here in Jonah chapter 2, which is really a description of what we're like as human beings, spiritually, we're under the waves, we're in the depths, and we need the grace of God, the help of God to lift us from the depths, because we can't help ourselves. Jonah knows he is in a physically terrible place, He's under the water, but he also realises in this chapter, and we'll see it as we go through the prayer, that he's in a spiritually bad place as well. He's spiritually helpless. He needs help. Jonah chapter 2 shows us that we're not fine on our own, but that we need God. So what does Jonah do here in this prayer? He calls on the Lord. He calls out to God. And this is what we need to do as well. Uh, We're not under the waves, literally, but we all need to call on the Lord because it's only God who can provide the help that we need because, like Jonah, for us, it's a matter of life and death as well. The good news is that the Lord answers those cries for help. He answers our cries for help. He answered Jonah's cry for help. He provides help. And as we'll see most wonderfully through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the first point is that we need help uh, today. We need another word, another Bible word. We need salvation. Salvation comes from the Lord. Jonah says that at the end. This is a story of salvation. We need rescue. We need saving. Last week, Jonah chapter 1, we saw that Jonah was on the run. He was running away from God. He was told by God to go to a place called Nineveh. Um, but he got on the boat the opposite direction. He went, he went as far away as he could from Nineveh. Jonah disobeyed God and went away from the presence of the Lord, if that were such possible, if that were possible. You can't run from God, he found out. You can't do it. The God of heaven and sea and land sent a violent storm after Jonah. On the ship, there was a contrast between the disobedient Jewish prophet and these idol-worshipping sailors who turned out to be more virtuous than the prophet. Um, The pagan sailors remarkably turned from their idols to worship God, 
They are converted on the ocean and Jonah, the prophet, is thrown into the ocean, into the raging seas. The sailors call out to the Lord and say, but Jonah went overboard. And the last we saw of Jonah was slipping underneath the waves. Now the narrative moves underwater. That seems quite impossible, doesn't it? But it does. It moves underwater. The The storm above has calmed. The sea is calm. But the prophet is sinking to the depths. And what we have from verse 2 onward is Jonah's prayer from under the, under the water. He says, verse 2, it says, In my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas and the current swirled around me, about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I'll look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. I might as well continue. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. My prayer rose to you from my, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from the, the God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I'll make good. I will say, say salvation comes from the Lord. So in verse 2, where is Jonah? He's in the depths. He's in the realm of the dead. In verses 5 and 6, Jonah graphically there describes drowning. The seaweed is wrapping around him there. And then it comes along this nightmare, if matters couldn't get any worse. So that's in verse 17 of chapter 1. The Lord provides this huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah is in the fish. He's in there for three days and three nights. Now, I've caught some pretty big trout before. Uh, but that's nothing compared to this fish. The text doesn't say what sort of fish it is, in case you're wondering. Uh, The word for whale isn't used here, but it's a big fish. It's a very big fish. Uh, And God provides this fish and he gets eaten alive. And he's in there for three days and three nights. Please notice that, three days and three nights. Um, That's an important phrase. In the ancient world, This phrase meant that you were dead. You're dead. Dead as a dodo. Um, And that's important to note. So what is emphasised here is drowning and death. Um, Jonah is dead. Um, Now, it isn't just a a physical death that Jonah is on the brink of. He's under the judgement of God, remember. This is God sending him into the water. He's on the run from the God of heaven. His sin was the reason he's now at the depths of the water. This is God's judgment. He's in the hands of an angry God. So verse 3, Jonah realises this. He says, um, verse 3, You hurled me into the, into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And it says, All your waves and breakers swept over me. He's recognising these are God's waves. This is God's ocean. God is hurling him into the depths here. I have been banished from your sight. Jonah is sent away from the Lord's presence like Adam and Eve were sent away from the Lord's presence in the garden. He's banished from God's presence. 
I think sometimes we think, all as human beings, we think that running away from God leads to freedom. But that's not what Jonah found out here. Running away from God leads to banishment. It's the opposite. Um, Jonah didn't listen to God. He ran away from God. Maybe we want to run away from God. Maybe our friends want to run away from God and not listen to God. So we shut up our Bibles and get out of the habits of, you know, coming to church and hearing the Word and reading the Word ourselves. Maybe we think that God really isn't interested in us. But, but, and it might seem like we're breaking free. But, that, but Jonah says otherwise. If, if you're on the run from God, it is banishment. It is banishment from the Lord's presence. It's not a run towards freedom. It's not a run towards happiness. It's a running into exile. That's what Jonah found out here. He's running from the Lord into exile. It's not an escape. It's not liberty. It's a running towards the grave. Uh, and, it, and it takes Jonah right to the end of his life to realise this. You don't really get any further on to the end of your life, do you, under the water? <laughs> um, he realises it at the brink. So this is why we need rescue. This is why we need salvation. We need help. Because we're very much like Jonah. Uh, Jonah chapter 2 tells us that our lives, we need, to be, we need to be pulled up from a pit, from the grave. We need salvation. Uh, the Bible describes our condition, spiritual condition, uh, without the grace of God, without Christ, in terms of spiritual death. That's what we're, we are without Jesus. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. So Jonah, so us, we are dead in our transgressions and sins and it takes Jonah chapter 2 to the point of death to realise that we need to pay attention to the Lord, we need to listen to the Lord and we need God to lift us up from the pit, to rescue us, to save us, to provide the help that we truly need. We need salvation just as much as a prophet underwater does. We need someone to bring us out of our spiritual death to life, from the depths of our own sin to new life in Christ. And only God does that. God does it. Only Jesus does that. This is our first point. We need God's help. We need help. But now our second point, uh, we need to call out to the Lord to bring that help because he's the only one to, who can bring the dead to life, who can raise us from the grave. He does it. We can't do that. And Jonah in this chapter experiences a resurrection. Did you see that? God raises him up. Jonah should not be alive. He shouldn't. Um, and I kind of think he did die here physically. I think he might have actually died under the water because being underwater three days doesn't normally mean you make it back to dry land. Um, in any case, this is a miracle of grace. This is a resurrection both physically but also spiritually. Um, there's a spiritual resurrection that happens here. Verse 2, uh, God listens to Jonah's cry and God answers Jonah's cry. Verse, two, uh, verse 4, Jonah goes on from being banished to say, saying, yet I'll look again towards your holy temple. Um, he's going to be like the prophet Daniel who turns towards Jerusalem and prays towards the temple while he's in exile. And so Jonah will look again to God's presence at the temple. Verse 6, 
Uh, to the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath me barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. He's revived, you see? Verse 6, his life, his, his life is brought up, he's raised. Uh, but the key to this verse, and really this whole chapter, is to realise that Jonah prayed these, these words while, um, while inside a fish, he was in the in the depths at, while he was praying these, these words. He's, it's before he makes it to dry land. Um, he's still entombed in the fish while he's calling on God. And um, this is the key to understand what, Jonah, what this, this prayer is about. Jonah is speaking about a salvation from his unbelief towards God. He's, he's, he's speaking about God's rescue of him, a salvation from running from God. A spiritual resurrection happens under the water, even before he's physically brought back to dry land again. So verse 7, When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you to your holy temple. How did Jonah know that his prayer was answered here, even when it was very unlikely that he'd end up alive uh, from inside this fish? It's because, verse 7, he remembered the Lord. I remember you, Lord. Jonah is restored to God, not when he makes it back to the land. He's restored to God while he's inside the fish. He's He's revived while in the depths. And I think this is so helpful for us to think about. Because maybe like Jonah, we've spent time away from the Lord uh, when our walk with, with Jesus isn't really where it should be, or at least where it once was. Um, maybe we've been in the depths, uh, maybe of our own making, maybe not of our own making, uh, but as it were, we've been overwhelmed in the depths of despair. But you see, it's when we remember the Lord and when we pray, as Jonah does, it's when we pray that we realise that God has not abandoned us. We can pray to God only because God has not left us. We can pray only because God enables us to pray to him. My prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. While Jonah was in the pit, in the pit in the, in, entombed in a fish, he prays. And in this act of praying, he remembers the Lord. He remembers what God's like. He's a God of mercy and compassion. He's a God who hears prayers, that his prayer would come to the holy temple. But why would God hear his prayers? Why would God hear his prayers from inside the fish? Surely God sent him to the depths. You know, maybe we've been a little bit like Jonah. Perhaps we feel as though we've, we're too far gone, too far away from God. Maybe we've done too much, we think. Um, Jonah, you see, is not, we need to know that Jonah is not an example of faith, really, <laughs> or a godliness. His life, he was, he was on the run from God, you see. Why would God hear Jonah's prayers? Why would God hear our prayers? Well, the answer is in the text, verse 7, it's because Jonah's prayers go to God's holy temple. You see, the temple, the temple is the place where sacrifice was made, where sacrifices for sin was made. It could be that there could, there was, the temple was there so a right relationship between man and God could be uh, established. 
Um, and we understand this side of the New Testament that the temple back then in the Old Covenant was pointing towards Christ. God heard Jonah's prayer because of Jesus. God heard Jonah's prayer and hears our prayers because Jesus died for sin, for our running away. So we too can know that God hears our prayers because the blood of Christ, the temple, secures our relationship with God. He pays for our waywardness, our rebellion, our sin. Jesus is the true temple, the the holy place, the one, the once for all, Hebrews once for all sacrifice. It's Jesus who secures the love of God for us and the grace of God for us. There's no one, this means, there's no one who has run away too far. There's no one who's gone away from God, um, no one who's done too much. No one has run too far from God that, you know, God's arm is very long, he can bring you back. There's no one too far down the most spiritually darkest place. God is able to raise someone literally from under the ocean to life again. And he can do that for us spiritually as well. That's what God does. That's God's love in action. So God uh, hears Jonah's prayer and verse 10, the fish, uh, the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. So it's it's like an act of uh, restoration here, isn't it? He's restored to God's loving presence through this resurrection I think we all have a hope of a resurrection. Uh, I think all human beings do. Um, our culture has a fascination with the idea of resurrection. Um, you, can see, you can see it in all sorts of TV shows and movies, you know, zombies. Wow, what was that all about? Um, I hear about our, we hear about hope of life after death or that someone continues on beyond their death. Um, you hear that at funerals all the time. It's one of the great questions of life after death It's one of the great questions that humanity has grappled with over the thousands of years. And Christianity provides an answer. God holds the answer to life after death. How can we go from death spiritually, physically to life? Well, the answer is God raises the dead. How do you know that we will be raised and that we are raised spiritually? Because there is always, there's already been someone who has been raised. You see, Jonah's resurrection here points towards Jesus. Um, and Jesus uh, takes this resurrection in Jonah and applies it to his own life. We read that in Matthew. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 39 to 41, which we read out. Um, there are crowds there around Jesus. He's teaching and the Pharisees are asking for a, a miraculous sign. And Jesus replies there, he says, none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of a huge fish, so the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. You know, Jesus went to the tomb. He he was really dead. He was three days, three nights in the grave. And he was dead, but he rose to life. He rose to life. This is the sign of Jonah. Resurrection. Jonah went from the bottom of the sea to dry ground. So Jesus comes back to life. Jonah ended up in the fish because of his own sin. It was was a judgment on Jonah. Jesus ended up on the cross for our sin. It was a judgment on Jesus in our place. 
He went to the grave for my sin. Jonah deserved the wrath of God. Jesus didn't, but he went willingly to the cross. And he says, I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. John chapter 10. Um, Jonah may or may not have died. You can have an opinion on that. But Jesus really did go down to the grave. He really did die. He really died for our sins. He died for your sins. And he was raised victorious. Death lost the grip on Jesus. And through resurrection, our sin is paid for. Resurrection life is ours in Christ. So this, um, this is pretty big news. This is very big news. This is worth paying attention, worth noticing that Jesus is the saviour who brings life. And he helps us when we can't help ourselves. So Paul writes, Ephesians chapter 2, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. He made us alive with Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. Uh, so we deserve, we deserve to go under the water, but God shows mercy and grace, death to life. So how do we respond? Well, how do we respond to God's saving us, God's salvation, um, and to the resurrection of Jesus? I have two final applications here, and they're found in the last part of the prayer. So verse 8 and 9 of Jonah 2. It says, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Now, it's a, what a great summary of the gospel. Salvation comes from the Lord. There's your gospel summary there. Salvation comes from the Lord. So, application 1, verse 8. We need to turn away from our idols. Jonah says, give up our idols. We, if we've received great mercy, if we've received great love, uh, and it becomes clear that other things that we worship in our lives are no-go. Uh, it's sheer folly. Jonah is probably referring to the, the sailors that he's met on the boat. Um, these sailors, it says, there were idol worshippers. They were calling out to their own gods. But those who worship idols forfeit the grace of God. The sin of idolatry leads to judgment. But it's more than that. Jonah has experienced the judgment of God himself as well. His idols were exposed. Jonah's idols were exposed. What was Jonah worshipping? Well, I think he was worshipping himself, really. He would rather run away from God and go, than go to Nineveh. Um, he'd rather run the opposite direction than preach to people we didn't really like. Um, Jonah had a religious idol going on there. He thought the fact that he was a Jewish prophet meant that only Jews could hear about grace. His own comfort, his own ministry was an idol to, to him. But now his idol has been exposed and um, both the sailors and Jonah, they cry out to, to the Lord. So what are we, what are our idols? What are our idols? Well, there's lots of, um, you know, Calvin said the heart's a, a fact, an idol factory, um, but... You know, there's so many idols that we cling to in our lives. It could be success. That's an idol um, that a lot of people have. Do you serve success? And will, it, will you do anything possible to get success? Will, will that really save you? No. Is it pleasure? That's another uh, idol that, you know, we Australians are very um, prone towards. Pleasure. 
Do you serve at the idol of pleasure? Everything you work toward is to get yourself a good experience or see great things, see the world, great holidays, the newest toys. Pleasure. But what happens when our idols don't satisfy? What happens when our idols crumble? We get to, re- to realise that our idols are folly, that serving them, the lesser things, the created things, doesn't lead to true satisfaction, joy and happiness in the end. And if we understand grace, we understand that there's no superiority beyond God. Um, Jonah found that out. He, he deserved judgment just as much as the idol-worshipping Ninevites did and the sailors. When we see the, our own hearts, our own hearts are full of idols what, and that we all deserve judgment, that we don't deserve, deserve grace, then we, we see with new eyes other people around us. We see others with compassion because we're not worthy of grace. We're not superior to others. Everyone, uh, no matter who we are, we are, we have idols in our hearts. We need freeing from them, the idols of pleasure and greed and, and power. If we're not moved with compassion for the lost, then we haven't really understood what's going on in our hearts. We haven't understood grace um, and to the deep depths to which Jesus plunged for us at the cross. And now, the, well, the second application here is verse 9, to be thankful. Verse 9 says, But I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I'll make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Jonah had a ministry in Israel. He knew God. He knew the truths about God. He experienced God. He knew about God. And yet, something happened under the water, I think. He had actually come to properly understand who God is. Salvation comes from the Lord. You know, many people know about God. um, But knowing about God isn't the same as knowing God as your saviour. If you know God truly as your saviour, if you know that salvation comes from the Lord, will you, will you sing and marvel and praise God and thank him like Jonah does with shouts of grateful praise? Will you do that and thank him for what he's done for you in Jesus? Now, praise is the last song note that ends this prayer and it's a very fitting one, isn't it? So, uh, from, the, from this experience in the depths, Jonah has, has turned, he's changed, he's been changed underwater. God is making him into um, someone fit for purpose for the next chapter in chapter 3 as this evangelist, and we'll look at that next week. Um, we, like Jonah, have a message to share and a song to sing and a gospel to proclaim, and the good news about a God who, who brings help to those in need. Help to those in spiritual need who are in the depths. A God who raises the dead to life. A God who deserves all the praise that we can muster. A God who deserves all praise. He's a God of love and grace who brings us from the pit through the Lord Jesus. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Amen.